Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, Our love and bias for West Wilson remains stronger and growing by the day. I just can't get enough of him. And I feel like it's nice. It's universal. You know, sometimes you love someone because they're from like your home state and other people like it, but like I, it might change, but I don't see an ick or like any red flags. Yet. No. And Abby and I have a history of our picker being off. I know, really Never bad. forget the Bronwyn days. Uh, I suppose. I mean, we'll talk. I know you guys don't like what sometimes we say this, but we will talk about it in the headlines episode. But oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. But we genuinely feel really good about West. We have had the pleasure of chatting with him for a while now before his summer house debut. So he seems like a good egg. As the youth say, as Gen Z likes to say, the man's got Riz. I'm kind of convinced convinced that his him falling off the bowl was like part of his act. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I also, I love that Sierra is acting like she is not smitten with him. When his friends walked in and she was like, I knew he was going to have black friends. I knew it. Like she was like so excited by that. Like as if it was like, I, I mean, I think she was just like, she knew he like got like maybe a little bit of her culture and he's like Im- immersed in the black community a little yeah. bit. And that was like a cool thing for her. And I was like, you love him because otherwise you would not have cared. You wouldn't have said a thing. I feel like in a way, and we'll get into more of their romance as we go on throughout the show, but as someone who's been reading, if you guys have been following along my book journey, my rom-com, my my uh, smut books that I've been reading, I feel like I'm like watching like a little rom-com in front of us. And truthfully, it's nice to see Sierra like in a lighter way. Like that's just, what like, Danielle was saying on Watch What Happens Live. But like she would like she, yeah, is flirty. She's like open to um she's not like I'm going hardcore after Wes. Like, I do like that she's, like, kind of playing it cool, letting him try to, like, win her over. I mean, I say this a lot, and I get, like, I know this is a double standard, and if a male said this, I'd be like, you're a pig and disgusting. Sierra has the best boobs on Bravo, and they're real. I mean, I feel like Amanda... Batula, they could have a boob off. <laughs> but Sierra's are just so perky. I'm no, like, how is that? Like, what exercises are you doing for that lift? The I always say the hottest woman on Bravo. She's oh, hundred uh, percent. Um, let's talk about Jesse coming for her page. I don't love it, and you're about to. Get, I think he's going to get burned. I think Craig will chew him up, eat him out, and I think I think Kyle's going to support him. I bet Carl supports him in this. Like. I'm a little worried for Jesse, but it did seem like at the premiere parties and when all of them were together, like you didn't hear about any beef and no one's really like going off on him yet in the media or press. So maybe he learns his lesson and recovers, but it does seem like he like is going a little too hard for Paige. Yeah. She did mention on her Watch What Happens live appearance that Craig was not threatened. He's like flattered that someone he's like, well, of course, my girlfriend's hot. Someone would hit on her, which is such a funny way to look at it. 
But I mean, her. yeah, Craig is so beloved right now. It's like, Jesse, you entered this fandom yeah. and people are going to call your ass out. Your height is not going to save you in this situation. But if he would have been going after Sam and like after watching everything with Winterhouse with Corey and let's say Corey and Sam were still together, I think the fandom would be like, yes, like go for it, Jesse, go win Sam over, like kick Corey out. But like no one's cheering for Craig to get his heart broken. So just wrong, wrong wrong taken woman to go after as if there's ever a right taken woman yeah no wrong wrong one he read that completely wrong what do you think about kyle versus amanda the the fight that they're having i so to me this is more like i'm seeing beige flags like not like it's not a green flag it's not a red flag i'm not seeing anything that makes me like oh my gosh they're headed for divorce i think this is like what happens when the honeymoon phase, as they say, is over. Marriage is hard. You're not always going to agree on things. You're not always going to be in the same place as life. I do think Kyle is like deflecting. I don't think he's ready for kids. I think he knows that Amanda would be ready at any time. And I feel like he's like, I'm 40. I need to get my shit together, but I still want to party. I still want to have this company. Like, I think he's going through a little bit of a midlife crisis, as you could say. And, think of it away. <laughs> yeah. And I think he is projecting it onto her. And I think, I don't think him going to Paige was like, like, I know Amanda kind of took it as like he was talking shit on her and that really bothered her. I think he was going to Paige because it's like, okay, this is a person who is really good friends with Amanda, who also is really good friends, has become a good friend of mine. She knows us as a couple. Like I have had conversations with friends, husbands about different things where like I'm seeing something and maybe I could say like, how are you doing? Or like, I've had friends um, when they're going through a really tough time postpartum, I will come over and then maybe I'll text the husband and be like, Hey, I know this is really hard right now. No one really is asking probably how you are doing, but how are you doing? And sometimes I'll have those conversations and they might say like, I try everything. I say like, we should do formula. Then they get mad. But then if I say like, do you want me to bring the, the baby so you can nurse and they're getting, you know, it's like, there's moments where maybe sometimes you feel like you can't win and you need somebody that knows both parties. And that's how I looked at it. So I don't, I mean, I think what, and it's a totally valid fight. And I do, I feel for Amanda, but I'm not like, oh, they're going to get a divorce. Oh yeah. I don't think, I don't think that either. I think it's definitely like marriage and figuring it out. I do feel like, and granted, I'm not in their situation. I, I feel like Kyle's point of view is like, I want to be able to sell this company and ride off into the sunset, like sell lover boy for like a big, like billion, like check and then ride off into the sunset. And I do feel like them working together. I, to me, it feels like Amanda just wants to like be influencer, post some things, you know, ride off into her own little sunset. Like, I think that is also a hard disconnect. Yeah, I feel like they're working together. And let's like keep in mind, like she's not the founder of this company. I know she has a small like ownership piece, they said, but like she's the creative director and she's great at it. But like she creates the merch and she thinks of cool like packaging and designs. Like she's not the one who's stressing when a shipment that's supposed to be at, you know, Total Wine in Iowa isn't getting there in time or that they don't have enough supply to meet the demands right now or, you know, like. That's not her role. And I think sometimes it's like really unfair that he's like, I'm working so much and I feel like you're not. It's like, well, yeah. she's not the owner of the company. She's not going to work 80 hours a week. That's not her role. No. And I do, last thing I'll say about this fight, I do feel like I felt for her and I put in our notes, I was like, I'm team Amanda in the sense of, that a man shouldn't say when a woman's ready to have a child. Yeah. That, yeah, that part, was weird. He that was part like, was like a bit like, what? Like, 
I did not like that. So for that, I was like, okay, I'm team Amanda. And I do feel like she, I do think Kyle, I see her point of view in the sense of it's always Amanda's like not fun. Amanda doesn't want me to go out. Like it's always like Amanda sucks. Like, so I got what she was trying to get from that, but let's talk more fun stuff. Let's talk about Carl and Lindsay. Um, Before we get to the darkness, I want to know what coaching advice you may have for Carl and his basketball. I didn't get to see like enough of it. Um, What I saw wasn't good. (laughs) He strikes me as the person who got it just uh, anyone who's played basketball, you know, the person that has just been tall their whole life. And like they were good when they were younger because all they had to do was turn and shoot. And then as other people got taller and more skill gets involved and people get stronger, like the just turning and shooting isn't cutting anymore. He just strikes me as the classic like tall kid who will be mediocre at basketball just because he's tall. Like if he was just six foot, he'd probably be terrible. (laughs) Excellent assessment. So Carl, but hey, and- he's playing for fun. He's not out there saying. Oh, he's I NBA. know. But so this, Dale, yeah. just knowing that you're, she's a coach. Yeah. If you guys, I am the head coach of my son's first grade basketball team, so I'm clearly like a subject matter expert. And um, your crush for Shaquille O'Neal, you're just well versed in. Wait, that. can I tell you something so random? I don't talk to my kids about how like I grew up loving Shaquille O'Neal. They haven't asked me, and honestly, I thought my kids wouldn't even know who Shaquille O'Neal is, only because like, he's yeah. Not- a current player. player like they talk yeah. about Steph Curry they talk about like LeBron James and at my son's book fair they make a wish list and he wanted a book randomly that was Shaquille O'Neal's best dunks and it was like interviews with Shaquille O'Neal talking about his favorite dunks throughout his career wow you passed like, Man, off the love it's in the you gym. better believe I loaded that <laughs> e-wallet so he could get that book I was like you can definitely get that one anyway uh okay Lindsay this is going to be tough for us. We should start by saying we are Lindsay apologists. We probably will not be most of the season. I can see what everyone else is seeing. That being said, she's always been a really kind, supportive person to us. So like, I'm not going to rip her apart um, by any means, but we're watching all this build. She's pretty aggressive coming into the house about the room situation. I have to have one with the bathroom. bathroom. That's like the hottest room in the house, but I guess I have to take it. And it's just like, whoa. And I felt like Wes is one of your only friends coming into this house. Like you're not good with Kyle right now, Lindsay. You're only good with Amanda because Amanda's just a nice person who avoids conflict. Like you're not good with Paige. You're surface with like Danielle. And we all know it's really not that good still. Like I just felt like it was like, okay, like I'm watching this storm brewing and it's like, you can just see insecurities, anger, resentment, all of this is still there. And so like, I just, I knew, like, I was like, oh, I know that this is not going to be a good summer. And I think we're starting to see what Craig said, actually, is that, like, watch the season. Like, it's not going to be a blind side, like everyone's saying. And I, this was dark. This was really hard to watch. It got really dark. And let's pivot before we get to the dark, dark part of when they're having dinner together, a little surf and turf, and Paige a la housewives is like tell me a fun fact about you and everyone like it's like Lindsay's like you, you know, know everything about me yeah. you know everything about me and so she's like okay fine you guys so she looks at west and west goes i've been to all 50 states like like cool yeah i mean like classic fun fact like that's I mean, like I thought that was kind of a weak fact, to be honest, but I don't know. I guess I look at it as like, if you're at an icebreaker in a corporate setting, like that's one that like somebody might say. And then we have Jesse. 
Which I do love Wes's comment. Um, so then Jesse's like, fun fact, I'm a two-time cancer survivor. Um, I'm hoping like when I go on August 1st screening, I will be five years cancer free. Then he was like talking about how like when your dad and brother have to like lift you off the couch so that you can go to the bathroom, it really makes you like, I forgot, like figure out what's important in life and re- like have perspective. And like all of them like, oh, wow. Like, you know, and like, he was sharing too about like how he found out about all these things. And like, they're like, wow, thanks for sharing. And I love that Wes goes, could you imagine if he went first and I'd have to be like, uh, so I've been to all 50 States. Like, I don't, I just like, that is like the levity and humor that we didn't have last season that we've so desperately needed. Also, like I loved it being powerful women on summer house, but like, I do feel like I'm like, we need some men that aren't total duds. Like these white refrigerators of men, like, it's been, we just have had a lot, a lot of that. So I'm excited that like, we have some stronger male uh, representation in this house. Finally. Absolutely. So then they all go out um, and Lindsay is immediately activated. She wanted to be in the car with all the girls and said she got in the car with the guys. They get to the club and she's feeling something's off. She leaves upset with Gabby And in her conversation with Gabby, we see why she's upset about. She's like, Carl's not respecting me. He's being insensitive. He's not listening to me. This is cocaine, cocaine, Carl. Yeah, she's like, this is how he acted when he was on cocaine. And then she was like, I don't think he's sober. And then we see the text exchanges when, like, I can't remember. Like, basically, like, he's like, I'm sober right now. You are not. Like, let's have this conversation later. Um, she doesn't sleep in their bed that night, but then she comes in and brings him water, which like, I like how he's like, I don't need water right now, but thank you. I don't think that, that was him. Like, she's like, you could have just said, thank you. I'm like, I think that's his way of saying like, I think you're bringing me water. Cause you think I'm hungover. And like, he's like, I'm not, I'm going to go for a run. Like I feel fine. Um, I think even if you possibly thought he was on cocaine or on something and you were wondering like worried about his sobriety in that moment i'm not buying that like that was supposed to be a private conversation and i didn't think it was gonna be on camera you have been on this show for almost 10 years right like yeah oh gee like you you know that this is all being filmed you still have your mic on you you know there's mics in the house like it was wildly inappropriate. And if you're not connecting the dots. So this was her statement that she released after the first episode. She says, after watching back this week's episode, I wish I'd used better wording. I was emotional and hurt by the, by what had transpired earlier in the night. And what I said was meant to be a private conversation at my home with one of my best girlfriends. I've never questioned his sobriety before this moment. And from day one, I was his biggest supporter. I've always been transparent on the show about my feelings and have leaned on my friends for support. And that was my only intention there. And you know what we're going to say, Gabby, school of apology, <laughs> Gabby yeah. Aiden. We're going to have a lot of that, like between the Miami reunion, the Beverly Hills reunion, like you just say, I'm sorry, take some accountability. Some things I love about Lindsay is that she's a strong, stubborn, powerful woman, because I think it's like, I like that she's like, has this mentality of like men act like this all the time and like, don't say they're sorry for it. I'm not going to either. In that moment, though, you just say sorry. And I feel like she's just so stubborn sometimes and can't be wrong and always has to justify and explain. Let Carl end up being the villain if that's what he's going to be or let everyone be on your side based on what happens. But like looking at that, you had to think, okay, like this isn't a good look for me. I should just apologize. Um, 
I wasn't, I just, I'm not buying the, I thought it was a private moment. Oh, hell no. I mean, no, she should have said, I'm sorry. It was wildly inappropriate what she even did. She doubled down on it a few times. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, I said yeah, like, it. Yeah, next morning she wasn't like, I'm she sorry. She said it multiple yeah. times. She put it in writing. Say it, forget it, write it, regret it. She put it in writing. She doubled down on it. And I like, I'm not in a relationship with someone who is sober. I have people in my life who are, but I can't imagine how horrible that would feel to have someone, one, who wasn't sober to accuse you of not being sober. Um, And it's just like, oh, Lindsay, that was not it. And I did not anticipate that coming in episode two. No, I mean, it's really like, for the most part, it's Lindsay and Carl's first episode in the house. We got a little taste of it before. I also want to give, I know you made a note of this. Shout out to Amanda, who's like, I have a terrible memory. So I made notes of this. Her notes were hilarious too, because it's just like, I can just see being like, kind of tipsy at a club and be like, oh, I, I'm going to be asked about this and I want to know what they're saying. So she's just like, what are you on, Lindsay? I'm not on anything, Carl. Like, it was just funny because I was thinking maybe her notes would reveal something like, you know, that we didn't get because it was off camera, but it didn't reveal anything at all. I would have done the same thing. I've done the same oh, thing yeah. in situations where like something juicy like, that I want to remember, I put it in notes, but I was I was dying at that. Um, I think let's end Summer House on a positive note. Let's you know, we started with the West love. We'll end with the West love. Um, so we're seeing, you know, him and Sierra come back from the club. He tells her she smells like apples and oranges, which made me laugh because it's very specific. Um, she smells like apples and oranges. She's like, I'll go dream of you. And it was just fairly flirty. And I kind of love they didn't shack up. Like, I like that. It was like cute, like, innocent we're flirting we're like not going all in like sleeping together night one or night i guess night three at this point um i mean i feel like this might be one of the best summer houses we're gonna have like it just because we're gonna have like explosive couples fighting um we're gonna have more of amanda and kyle which to me i like agree i'm like uh or not agree again i feel like that is actually gonna be relatable for a lot of married couples so like not that i'm looking forward to that but like i think they're being real we're gonna see the crumbling of Carl and Lindsay, which we're already seeing like how this is building up. And then we're going to have like the fun, you know, humor of Wes. We're going to have the other thing too is Lindsay said, and other people are saying like all the girls were getting like got along. So I'm looking forward to that this summer. And I'm looking forward to like Sierra and West and like what, how this, you know, comes to be. Cause we know that they end up like at least making out somewhat like casually hooking up. We don't know if they're, it doesn't seem like they're like committed boyfriend, girlfriend right now, but it doesn't seem like the vibes are off. They're not, not talking. So who knows? Who knows? But let's move on to Miami. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome to Miami. Um, Surprising that we got part one and two. I don't remember them like promoting that. I almost thought they messed up. And I was like, oh, are they supposed to be showing this like part two as well? Um, My highlights from part one. Amazing line from Julia. I'm not a pot stirrer. I'm a bullshit buster. I think more (laughs) housewives need to use that. Um, 
anytime Frankie, there's like, it's anything's like brought up with Frankie. I really love seeing Alexia light up. And she was talking about how um, she showed the video of him taking his first Uber by himself. Like he ordered it on the phone and he took it. And then she was saying like, now he's like so independent and he'll be like, she's like, where are you? And he's like, I'm at the beauty bar with Peter. Like he's like, he feels comfortable like leaving the house without her. And it's like great to see that he's having this independence. Um, And I'm also going to say, Surprise me. Adriana's poem um, about a, being a star for <laughs> Alexia was actually like, I she clearly copyrighted this. Like, I don't know who wrote this. At GPT. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Um, all right. Part two picks up where part one left off, with which is the women fight, which is Larsa, really. Larsa and um, Alexia, Alexia fighting during what was supposed to be a break. You know, it's a good reunion. When they're like, first of all, they film everything. And for those who don't remember from the Vanderpump Rules reunion, Tom Sandoval was got really upset because he couldn't go eat lunch and talk to Rachel off camera because they said, anytime there's two or more of you, we are filming it. If it's just you, you can be like off camera, but you can't be with another person. Like we film anytime there's two, we're filming it because this could happen. So but so I know the cameras are always rolling, but I'm like, man, we're getting a lot of like content here just on this break. I mean, Miami, I said this in a Q&A, definitely my favorite of the housewives right now, the ones that are currently active. I know I said it was a slow burn. It took me a minute to get into it, but man, did they deliver? Let's talk about Lisa. So Lisa, lots of things to talk about. I feel so bad for her. She's living in a $32,000 a month. Is it a condo? It's not even a home. A condo. And Jody is splitting it. I'm kidding, you guys. $32,000 a month. I know you're kidding. I know you're kidding. But which is insane. Like, I don't even pay that much for my mortgage over a course of a year. I I don't pay $32,000. No, that's insanity. And what I keep thinking is, is like, what magical vagina (laughs) she have that Jody's like, I will pay for half of this. I didn't think Jody had a lot of money. He's like, I think in tech. I don't know. He's an, I mean, I knew, I know he's not poor, but I didn't think he had just like an extra $16,000 a month floating around that he wanted to throw out there, but they're splitting it. I thought it was weird. She said like per their uh, marital separation agreement, she has to be like within a certain like radius of the home and the kids. Well then like, shouldn't Lenny have to like, I guess maybe he is paying for like half. Spousal support, or maybe it's because of the house. Their I separation, know. I will admit, is definitely Bravo Dockett's more area because we're not lawyers, clearly. But it confuses me a bit because she's like, on one term, there's a settlement, but they're not divorced. And there's all these stipulations. And it's confused me a bit, if I'm being quite honest. But something that did not confuse me was Nicole's receipt about the Mamacita brunch. So we have Marisol, who's like, oh, my God, Ana Kinkosis is here. I'm leaving. Like, fuck this shit. And then after the brunch, Nicole pulls up the receipts. And literally, Marisol's sitting on her lap. They're, she, they're talking about coming to the bar. Like, yeah, was, I was like, bravo, Nicole, because Marisol kind of sat there and was like, Oh, but I thought this was Lisa's Rolls Royce. I'm like, I know. She's like, I can't, I can't keep track of everyone's Rolls Royce. It's like, okay. You know, you're running with a rich circle if you can't keep track. I, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, let's, oh, I also, um, it was a really touching tribute to Nicole's father. Um, and I was, thought it was really like nice to know that she was able to get some resolution, um, with everything with her dad before. Cause she's had a pretty, you know, rocky childhood with her dad, um, or just Rocky relationship in general. Um, 
But I thought that was a really sweet, like the way she, like the, I think it was Andy who said, like, boy, did he live life though. And I thought oh, that was like really right. sweet way of putting it. I mean, um, no hard on during the finale. <laughs> like he did, yeah. he lived, he lived it up. And I thought it was also like, there would be, have to be some closure with her baby that's coming soon, very soon at this point. Yeah. That he, she got to share that news with him yes. and say that I'm having a girl. So I thought that yeah. was really sweet. It did get a bit sticky though when she learned about his girlfriend and all the things yeah. he was So like, yeah, hey. like the dad was paying for the girlfriend. And then when the family's like, we're not going to continue to bankroll you, which like, I don't know. I kind of feel like when you have a sugar daddy, isn't that like kind of the risk you're taking that like you, might not be in the will. And like, so you've got to go find another one. Um, also, it's just wild to me that she's like, there's kids, like they know he has kids, but she doesn't know their names and their moms. So she can't find them. So the only people who are like, you know, getting a claim in the state are the older kids with his will. I mean, I feel like that's got to be messy. It's very, very messy. Um, something else that's kind of messy. So... Julia and Lisa um, kind of get into it. They start talking about, you know, that their argument that they had where Lisa then said, you've at the, you know, mother's um, like, I wasn't like a mother's day brunch. Was Mama like Sita brunch. Yeah. yeah. She basically said like, you have three baby daddies. And then like, she apologized for it. But Julia said she wasn't in a place where she like, she's like, I'm not going to say I'm sorry if I'm not. To Lisa and I think some of the women were kind of like, "Whoa!" Nicole pulled Julia aside and was like, "You don't even if you don't think you did something wrong, you can always say I'm sorry for hurting your feelings. Like you could acknowledge that you like you have accountability and you realize you hurt her." And then what I thought was like really like touching, and I think this is why we always say it has to be organic and the women have to like actually know one another and be friends because you don't get these moments if people don't actually like know and care for one another julia then goes into lisa's dressing room and shares with her kind of where her headspace was and that her father had sent her photos um to celebrate her one of her um her child her daughter daughter moving into a new apartment or something and there was a picture of max in there and it like really triggered her which obviously what i think a death of a child is something you just never that's a void that like never fills in your heart and so then she was explaining to lisa like kind of where she was coming from she was so upset that she actually would never have went to hurt her and she was sorry but she then felt like kind of put on the spot with the reunion and she would rather have a conversation just the two of them and I thought it was really sweet. Then Lisa apologized and was like, I know you would never hurt me intentionally. And like, they hugged it out. Like, it was just a really sweet moment. And I think it's like, okay, this is why, like, you just, you have to have genuine friendships with in these shows. Absolutely. And Julia, to me, I kind of respect her in the sense of like, she came to that on her own terms, like you said, wasn't on the spot and where, because we've seen this before with Housewives where they say sorry and they clearly like didn't mean it. And they're just saying it to kind of move on the conversation. She needed a moment to process, which I really respected. Then we get into Gertie and her journey, which is so beautiful and heartbreaking. Russell, her when she said that, like, I've got so lucky that Russell, I met him when I was 17 and I'm now 46. And like how amazing he is and how he's still that person that she met. I know. I love that. I mean, I think uh, I said it with um, two black girls, one rose last week, but like if, if that couple, like for whatever reason, if something were to happen and they don't make it, I will have lost like 
just faith and marriage and relationships and love in general. Like they are such an incredible couple. And I love that he supports her, encourages her to go do things like professionally and for personal achievement and gain, but also like when like shit gets tough and you have cancer, he's in her corner, like shaving her head and helping her through it. Like it just, I also give her a lot of credit for sharing this. Like she could have easily have said, I only want to, I'm not going to show my treatment or I'm not going to share conversations I'm having with Russell. I'm not going to show me shaving my head. Like she shared it all and she didn't have to. No. And I think the importance of what she was saying of the amount of lives that she saved and, you know, Larsa pointed out the mortality rate of black women and just having that open dialogue and utilizing your platform for that. I, I find, I really respect people who are self-aware in that sense of like, it's hard for me to talk about, but I also know I'm given this voice right now where a lot of people can see it and educate. So I really like that. What I didn't like was Larsa's excuses. I'm like, when Larsa said, you make it hard for me to be your friend to Gertie, I'm like, Larsa, you are in the wrong. Apologize. You shouldn't have said anything. Like, there's just so many moments where I was like, oh, like the accountability and apology. Like, it's so hard for housewives to do it. It's hard. Well, I guess anybody in Bravo, because we had the same thing with uh, Lindsay. But it's just like, this isn't your chance to try to say, like, here's where Gertie went wrong. When someone has cancer, they ask you not to say anything and you tell people there's nothing you could say. I don't care if that person like was sleeping with your husband prior. Like, you just don't. Like, there's lines you don't cross. And like, I just, the fact that Gertie really didn't do anything like intent, like, it's, I know they've had like some ups and downs in their friendships, but like, the fact Gertie hasn't done anything terrible to Larsa. No, it's like you can dislike. Larsa can dislike Gertie, but also respect her and what she's going yeah. through. And I feel like we're not seeing that clearly. She, yeah, the fact that she's like, oh, like, you know, I thought I I couldn't share on social media. Like, no, we all but saw I could the say conversation. It on the show with, yeah. Yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah. So your tits I, are up too high. I don't know. Like, yeah. what is going on? It's like, you're getting like, confused. Oh. There's a preview, and I'm like, oh, another great line. You are so fake. Let's, let's see the before and after. I mean, Larsa, like, I mean, it's out there. The Larsa before and after, all you have to do is Google it. It's wild. So great line. Um, Before we dive into Beverly Hills, though, we're going to take a quick little ad break. My closet was chaotic, crammed with a bunch of clothes with nothing to wear. The Game Changer, upgrading to high-quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of luxury essentials to to transition from one occasion to the next. And I stayed on budget, like a 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14K karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering, by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that are safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. So if any of you guys are in the Midwest, we're dealing with the, is it winter? Is it spring? <laughs> Very transitional weather here. I always find it really hard to figure out how to dress as it gets lighter outside. But the temps, you know, you wake up, it's 40 degrees, but then it's 65 by the end of the day. The Mongolian cashmere sweater is so good for that. I have the light pink one. It is lightweight, but also warm enough. So it's a great transitional piece. And every time I wear it, I get the most compliments and people are always asking me where I get it. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash real moms 
for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That is com slash real moms to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash real moms. Okay. Well, the theme of um, no accountability and no apology continues um, before we dive into. Hey, hood. <laughs> hey, like, did Hey Hood kind of give you like bi wig vibes? Like, I to me, I feel like it was a dig. It was definitely a dig. So I listened to Jeff Lewis um, on the reg, as you guys, a lot of you know. Crystal was recently on, and she shared that she was two hours late. Oh, they made it. I mean, like, we knew he's like we're waiting on her, but like, yes, it was two hours. They oh, were I waiting for livid. Yes, hence why I think he was being a little bit shady. And kind of saying, hey, Hood, because they legit waited two hours. Could you maybe imagine waiting two hours for that little strand of hair? I love it. Like, I do feel like she wanted to do edges and didn't because she's like, oh, I don't want to do We talked about this last week, too. But she's like, I don't think I want to do cult- like it's cultural appropriation. I get in trouble when I do my edges. I think she likes the look, though. So she's like, I'll just do a strand on my head and I'll just wear basically like a mix of like, like a Muslim, like head wrap slash India. Like, I was like, what culture are we appropriating now to read? Like, let's mix. You should have just done your edges, girl. I mean, like, I really. Mean, yeah. And the thing is that Crystal was saying they were pissed off because I saw all her TikToks, her getting ready TikToks, yes. which ate up to the time of her yeah, being like, there. Well, yeah. Because they got oh my there. God. So she said, timeline wise, they had to get there at like five something in the morning. I I've, I know they start early because it's like they do glam on site. Yeah. Like, if you need two hours of glam and we start rolling at eight, you're going to get there at like 10, basically. Uh, well, and then it goes hours. two hours later. And sometimes these go till 10 o'clock at night. So now they're there till midnight. I get it. Um, I also love though when he goes, what is this giving us? And she's like, it's giving fashion, fashion, fashion. And I, it was not giving me fashion, fashion. It was fashion. not. Doree is having a tough moment. And I do like Doree. However, she, listen. This is not a good Doree. This is not a good Doree. I do feel like she, you know, she's trying with the fashion. She's doing it. If this was Giselle or someone else doing it, oh. I think we'd have more things to say. But like, if someone's going to take risk, I'd rather it be Dorit, I suppose. But I think the only thing that I sided with her on this uh, on this episode is the fact that when it came to her friendship with Kyle. And Dorit making the comment about Morgan, I do agree with Dorit that the media was on to Morgan and Kyle before she made that comment and that came to yeah. the show. Yeah. Like, I don't think Dorit's comments what sparked everyone diving into, like, you have her tattoo, you're spending all... I mean, like, y- this was going on well before. Yeah. I Absolutely. Agree. And I also think she's clearly Team Mauricio in whatever 100%. happened. Yeah, I, I think so as well. What did I, you I also, think about the text messages? Did you think that was manipulative? Yes. I think she intentionally, oh, by Kyle or by Dorit? By Kyle. Like Dorit saying um, she was manipulative to send me this after we hadn't spoken in so long. I think there was probably a little bit of like, there are things I don't want shared yet. Um, You know, that's why I'm going to send this text. But I like... I don't know. It was so long to me. I honestly think Kyle's just like going through it right now. Like, I feel like she is getting separate. Like she's separating from Mauricio. She might be into women. She doesn't know what her life is going to look like. Um, I think she's just like going through it. And I really like Kyle. So that that could be my bias coming through. I thought it was kind of odd that Dorit 
shared it. Um, and Kyle later said that like, she thought that was a private text exchange. Like typically they're not out there sharing their text messages when they're not filming. Um, I also don't think it really, to me, it didn't say anything, maybe because I got so bored reading the novel. I, to me, it didn't say like, this is a warning, keep your mouth shut or else. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't thing. like what she pictured it to be like, yeah, look at her being so manipulative and she's trying to silence me. I'm like, yeah, okay, this isn't an Oprah moment of work. Were you silenced or, or silenced? Yeah. Were you silent or silenced? Silent. Um, yeah, thank you. Anyway. yeah. It wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't like she said, like, I know you and PK are going through struggles too. I'd like to not have to bring that up. Like she did uh, to me, it just wasn't, I don't know. Also, I did get bored reading it. I think I fell asleep. Um, so then I, Dorit's just in the hot seat. Like I was all like, Ooh, maybe Dorit should have sat closest to Andy because we start off in Dorit and Garcelle have their conversation. Um, I don't know why Anne Marie was like, oh no, I'm going to stick up for Dorit in this moment and talk about how Garcelle didn't have my back when uh, Sutton said I was yelling. Yeah. Sutton told me to stop yelling or, and um, the only person who stood up for me was Dorit. Also, I was like, I don't think Garcelle's saying that she wanted the other women to stand up for her in that moment. I think she was just saying, Dorit shouldn't have said that. Um, so I, if Anne Marie was trying to make the argument that Sutton shouldn't have said that, I Garcelle maybe would have felt differently. But I don't I like how Andy just quickly dismissed it. He's like, Well, I want to get back to Garcelle and Dorit. Like Anne Marie. He's like, just, okay, and carry on. But yeah. what I really loved what Andy said. So they talk about the caption. So I oh God, now I'm blanking on what the, the living in the means. bubble. Like yes. so Garcelle, Garcelle had said she's living in a bubble. I do think Dorit doubled down. Uh, to me, this wasn't her saying like, I forgot how she worded it, but it wasn't like her saying, I don't know. I just was like, I don't think she meant, I, the way Dorit tried to say she meant it and the way she meant it, I I didn't agree. No. Well, I also liked how Andy was like, the caption did not land. <laughs> like yeah. She's like me in my bubble or something like stupid like that. And it's like, really? Oh, to, happily living in my bubble is exactly what she said. And then she followed up with, and that's when Dorit's like, and then you double down again. And she's like, well, I was doing it to explain I wasn't doubling down by saying the only bubble she lives in is a love bubble. I'm like, no, you're <laughs> eating this now. Like, we're going in circles. Like, Dorit. we're going on the Reet ride, the Dorito yes. Coaster. And it's like, I'm getting so, dizzy. Then we get to the Dorit and well, the other thing too is like Dorit just apologize. Like I also I kind of agreed with Garcelle. Like you've actually been attacked and had a gun to your head. So you say, why would like what makes you think that's on the same level of me the way I was talking to you? Like I and I get her saying like it just lands different when it's a person of color saying it. Same thing with then calling Crystal. A child bride. I have friends who got married like right out of college and I joke that they were child brides. And I, as much of it, someone's going to say it's a double standard or whatever it is. They're white. And I think it's okay to say, I understand why Crystal got upset because I do think primarily Asian women are looked at as like male order brides. And I understand why, like that has the same kind of connotation. Uh, I love Crystal's clap back too. When Dorit's like, I was, we were off in like, I, well, I keep going around. I'm like turning a dream. <laughs> How about her saying she was the only one with a college uh, degree and they were all yes. like, uh, no bitch. Like, yeah, exactly. She's like, no, no, I think crystal has clocked in and I'm just like, yes, finally the crystal that we've kind of been earning like yearning for has yeah. showed up. And I also love that. She's like, yeah, I've got a hundred million dollar coconut water business. I did it at 24. So yeah. yeah like, like I'm good. Like, Bye, bitch. 
<laughs> to me, though, the fact that Dorit, like when Crystal explained that, you know, um, the child bride is the same equivalent as a male order bride. That's disgusting. I'm an Asian woman. You can't say that. She, I forgot what she said, but she said it was like a, like, she just said it as a, like off the, I don't know, not off the rack, but I forgot how she said it, but it was like a, she just threw it as a, like a throwaway comment. That's what she like said. Like in her confessionals. Like it was yeah. just like her way of throwing shade. But like, w- instead of saying that, maybe say, I didn't realize that they could be interchangeable. Thank you for explaining that to me. I'm sorry. I also didn't love Kyle kind of trying to come to Dorit's defense and be like, I call everyone 12. Like, that's just the age I say people are. I'm like, Kyle. It's like, Kyle, girl, this is not the thing to, this is not the thing to jump in. Not at all. I also appreciate, and kind of going back to Dorit and Garcelle, I do feel like Garcelle had the opportunity to be like, listen, like, I went about our conversation wrong I clearly have some learning to do, didn't realize some of my biases in our conversations, and just say sorry. Like, yeah. a sorry can go so fucking far with these women, but they're so damn stubborn, they don't do it. They've got too many yes men around them that yeah. aren't keeping them in check. A hundred percent. I think that's why, like, Andy was so floored during the Winter House reunion. I'm forgetting her name where she was like, you know, like, I look back on those comments and oh, it was coming from... Cassie, I think her name was like to Sam. She's like, it was coming from a place of insecurity. I'm really sorry. And that was it. And Andy's like, oh my God. <laughs> like, he's like, that was like a real apology. I never hear these. Like, yeah, just say you're sorry. And I felt like with Crystal, she could have said it. Um, I also really loved that then Anne Marie was like chiming in and was like, I don't want to be part of your like something, like your lies. And she's like, well, you've proven to be a liar, but don't worry, you're not part of it. Like, she was like, you're nothing. I'm moving right past you, Anne Marie. Like, it was, amazing amazing and so lastly we get to kyle we're talking about kathy and kyle is basically saying like you kind of defending not not quite defending kathy but she didn't want to go there but she's basically like you are acting like you have this friendship with kathy and yet you're saying i'm best friends with you with me like shut up like you need to have my back i think they're completely done i don't i don't see them coming back I personally am calling it now. I think this is Kyle's last season. I don't see her coming back. I I don't know because now people are saying that they, people are calling for Dorit to be gone after this. They're like, we've given her too many chances. Like what's her storyline besides she's not friends with Kyle and her husband and her might be out like on the outs. If Dorit's gone, I think Kyle stays. Mm. I think Dorit will still be there. I I I mean, Dorit. I think Dorit might get a demotion though. I can I just see her still being there, but who knows? We'll we'll yeah. let the other parts play out a bit more and then we'll make our official predictions on what's gonna happen. Okay. Wow. Well, that was quite a roller coaster. <laughs> the Dorit roller coaster that we just took you on. Um, if you're wondering what all you listen to, basically lesson learned, accountability, and apologize are um the key takeaways from the second half um, of the week's uh, Bravo TV shows. And we have a really exciting uh, headlines episode because everybody's suing everybody in the Bravo world, and we're going to try to break it down for you. So thank you guys so much for listening. You know the drill. If you haven't already done so, hit five stars, subscribe, leave us a written review. It means the world to us. And make it a great day or don't. The choice is yours. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.